Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Recruiting Podcast. I am Billy Embody. With me is Shay Dixon. Shay, before we get into the rest of this podcast and what we're going to lead off with, I got to say, people should check out thebengaltiger.com. It should be Five Star Friday, but we're doing it on a Thursday. The whole front page is five star updates on prospects right now, but Let's get into what people want to talk about, which is this number one recruiting class for LSU in the class of 2025. And the Tigers got big news over the weekend while I was at my brother's wedding, but we had talked about it before that there was a good chance LSU would reel this guy in. And that is Jabori Antoine, new Iberia Westgate, stand up the top 50 prospect for the on three industry ranking and top 20 prospect on on three committed to LSU over Georgia, Texas, and many others, giving LSU yet another elite prospect in the state of Louisiana and a top-flight defensive back for Corey Raymond to kick things off. It wasn't long ago that I think that some people thought that Texas was going to really give LSU a battle here and that it even could be leaning Texas at some point. I thought that the work done by LSU staff the past couple of months, even before Corey Raymond got here, really set this up. Then you make the hire of Corey Raymond, who is a new Iberian native, just like Antoine has connects to Westgate, the school. And I'd layer this out in a few ways, Billy one in terms of importance. And he said to finish my thought, Raymond, the hire was icing on the cake. So the cake had been made. Raymond's the icing on it served up with the birthday candles, uh, the weekend that he commits there, uh, and shuts things down. But 
let's tear this out. Of the most importance, they need corners, elite corners. And you bring Corey Raymond back, you're trying to do that. Jabori is on three's number three corner in the country. So check that box. You're trying to lock up Louisiana. He's the number two player in the state. And I'll tie it in here with, he goes to Westgate. That's where Derek Williams went. He leaves number one safety in the country, goes to Texas. Danny Lewis was a tight end they chased right when Kelly got here. He left, went to Bama. They signed Demirian Johnson this past cycle. Now they've got Jabori Antoine committed. And then I'll my third part here, Billy, would be the greater Acadiana area, if you're including kind of everywhere in this stretch. Getting Dominic McKinley flipped from, from Texas A&M to LSU, an Acadiana kid, the number one player in the state. Now getting a guy like Antoine out of Westgate the next year, it feels like, yes, there had been times in North Louisiana guys had left. Yes, there had been times some New Orleans guys had left to play at Bama even. But Lafayette, New Iberia, all that surrounding Acadiana area was not somewhere other schools were getting into and taking guys. It happened with a couple of guys, like I mentioned, but now it feels like to me with Antoine and McKinley that it's like, okay, they now have their grips back on the entire stretch there. That's not a place other teams are really going to be able to get into. I agree with you. And and I think for me, watching this recruitment unfold and and like knowing now that he is committed January 27th of 2024, an entire year before he was going to have to sign with a college, that just shows that one LSU laid great groundwork here before Corey got back. Then they get Corey Raymond back, calls it the icy on the cake, and he decides to shut things down. And, and quite honestly, I think we knew for a long time this was an LSU-Texas battle. Those were the two programs that were so far out in front of everybody else. But for LSU to slam the door shut on him early on, it goes back to a bigger trend that we're seeing with Brian Kelly and his staff. Year one, they or the, those first few months leading up to the 2023 2022 class signing we saw them you know just kind of getting comfortable then we saw them finish that 2023 class off the right way and you saw the guys kind of announce decisions before their senior seasons then the 2024 class they kind of got on it a little bit earlier some key guys in the class were on board early now we look up and we'll talk about the seventh in a second but seven of the top eight guys on on three in the state of Louisiana are committed to LSU in the class of 2025. And it's just now February just shows they're making those inroads. They're making a lot of impressive progress when it comes to recruiting in Louisiana. This is what Frank Wilson did. And this is by design. Let me make sure that I've been around recruiting way too long here. Uh, so I don't want to get the year wrong. I'm going to say it was 2011 class, but I want to double check to be sure. Uh, but it was called the FAM. And uh, yes, that was 2011. So in that class, uh, that year, it was Jarvis, it was Odell, it was Freak Johnson, Anthony Johnson, um, Lael Collins was in that class. I could go up and down the list here. I've actually got it pulled up. So now I can actually tell you the names without having to think of more than a decade ago. Um, Kenny Hilliard, uh, Jamari Rasco, who played up at Evangel. Um, Jeremy Hill was at Redemptress. Trey Turner went on to be a longtime NFL player, was at St. Aug at the time. Uh, Paul Turner, who's now on staff, was at West Monroe. 
uh, Terrence McGee was at Franklinton, Quentin Thomas at Brobridge. All these guys were Alonzo Lewis back in the day at St. James. They were really highly recruited and ranked guys. And they called it the fam. And he got all those guys to pop early. And when they got on board, it became like one after the next, not just domino wise, but it was like, hey, Odell or whomever isn't going to leave the state when all of his other friends from in state are going to LSU. We're seeing that happen now because Keelan Moses has talked about being a cornerstone piece long before he even committed to LSU. He said, I'm going to be that piece. That's what they want me to be. And he's lived up to the billing. I mean, he has nonstop been out there with group texts and getting guys in on visits and hanging out with them. So I feel like this class and yes, at the top, Billy, Bryce Underwood, a quarterback, he's from Michigan. DeCorian Moore, the number one receiver, five-star, he's from your neck of the woods in Dallas. But Harlem Barry on, the number one running back in the country and a five-star, the rest of these guys are all Louisiana kids who are all buddies, who all know each other. And then you mentioned seven of eight, and we'll talk about the seventh being Devin Harper. He's transferred into Calvary Baptist. His teammate's the eighth one, James Simon, at running back. I could argue that Simon's big been just as big of a priority from the start as any of these guys. So for me, this just points to, and now we'll see it even more, Billy, all 10 on-field staffers have coached in college at Louisiana before this year. So everyone's got Louisiana ties. But you look at a guy like Frank Wilson who can kind of oversee things as he doesn't even have the title of recruiting coordinator. Nobody does, but I'll call him the de facto one. He sees way ahead of time that, hey, if we put all these guys together and get the offers out early and prioritize them all, it'll happen. It'll be one after the next. And then they have less of a likelihood of I want to go on other visits. I want to drag my process out. I want to maybe flip. That stuff is cut down in a big way when you start off like they have. So the addition of Harper in it right after Antoine, I thought was massive because a North Louisiana piece, and he's the guy blocking for the eighth guy that you mentioned that isn't committed to LSU and James Simon. Yeah, let's get to that, Shay. LSU did land a commitment from Devin Harper Tuesday night, kind of a um, not a surprise, but kind of timing-wise, he didn't you know drum it up like he was going to make an announcement, kind of similar to Jabori Antoine, but Devin Harper, the big four-star offensive lineman from Calvary Baptist, uh, in, the, in the Shreveport area, played at Captain Shreve for his junior season, announced his commitment to LSU on Tuesday over offers from Georgia, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Oklahoma, TCU, Texas Tech. Many others were involved here. Uh, he's a top 200 overall prospect on the on three industry ranking. He is um, one of the best offensive linemen, a top 10 interior offensive lineman in the country. This was a guy that, quite honestly, Early on in his recruitment this fall, I went and saw him at his scrimmage, and he had LSU gloves on, LSU backpack, all of those things. But there was some thought, okay, this could be a guy that Georgia really goes in on and tries to make it difficult on LSU. But kudos to Brad Davis, this entire staff for really working it, Joe Sloan, Frank Wilson, Sherman Wilson, all those guys, um, J.R. Belton, they were able to shut the door pretty early on Devin Harper and get him on board. And again, another elite Louisiana prospect on board. Yeah. If you look at the work done too, by uh, Brad Davis, I mean, when that's one guy on the staff that on the staff of elite recruiters that you have to put up there in every conversation, because 
he is the only holdover from the Orgeron era. Now they've hired back Corey Raymond and Blake Baker. So they've got some other guys who were here then, but he's been here for the entire stretch was interim head coach, obviously for that K state game. He's ne there's never been like a whiff year. There's never been a, Oh, he needs to step it up. It's year after year, great evals. And look, guys like Carl St. Cyr and others who are in the personnel department play a big role in this, finding Ethan Calloway and becoming the very first offer. He ends up being a top 150 player. They were in on Devin Harper so early as an in-state guy that now with Brett Borderlawn also committed. That's uh, what the two highest ranked offensive lineman, Billy, in Louisiana right now. They're on these guys early. They make the evals. They get them to campus. And then it sets yourself up where if you want to pop a Devin Harper, you get, as he told us, all I needed to do was get my mom down there. She hadn't met the whole new staff yet. Does it. Days later, he announces his commitment. And the buzz we had gotten was that he had shut things down on the visit, but just needed that kind of final green light from his mom. Didn't take long at all. Got it done. And uh, once again, at another elite piece from Louisiana in the class. Yeah, and I'm really high on his potential to be one of those long-time starters for LSU, multi-year guy. I think once he gets his technique right, if you're watching on YouTube, these are from his, his scrimmage to kick off his junior year. Um, but he has a lot of the movement skills that you want. I just think he needs to continue to work on his technique, which is, for, for offensive linemen, that's one of those things that so many of them, and you think about Anori Williams and guys like that, they're so raw because they don't get that technical day in, day out attention to detail. And they're sometimes not facing the guys that they're going to face in the SEC. And so they're relying on that talent and being bigger than them just naturally. Devin Harper has one of the better abilities to bend that I saw this fall. I think as he adds mass, he kind of reminds me of somebody like a a Damian Lewis, he's got that size that he could be a really physical force along the interior. And once he figures it all out, look out. I mean, you don't have a program like Georgia trying to battle and get in there if they don't think he can play for St Stacey Searles over there in Athens. I mean, it's just one of those prospects that LSU did a nice job getting in on early, making him feel at home. And now the development can start. And, and he loved his time spending um, you know, time at camp with Brad Davis as well, getting some tips from him this summer uh, on top of all of that. Uh, yeah, so for those, if you're watching or on YouTube or if you're not and just are curious to it, he's playing left tackle in all of these clips. He's ranked as an interior offensive lineman. That's probably his spot in college. I like your D Damian Lewis comp there. Uh, but again, number, what is he? Scrolling up down the commit list. Number seven interior offensive lineman in the country right now, Billy, on the on three industry rankings. And that obviously couples centers and guards together. So that's kind of a bigger pool than uh, even the offensive tackle rankings are. But a guy who does play left tackle now. And honestly, you can go back and look, Billy, probably most everyone they've now recruited in recent years played tackle in high school. Like they have not recruited many guys who weren't the best alignment on the team that they were putting at left tackle. And I think that just speaks to, again, even for bigger guys, you find guys who are athletic enough to play that spot in high school. Then you slide them inside and you're not having to worry about shedding weight or doing whatever it is to get kind of into that game shape. It's more about just building out their body. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. And and so um, just a just a really, really good prospect. I mean, two of them uh, that LSU has on board now uh, just recently. 
uh, in the class of 2025, which strengthens uh, their hold on that number one recruiting class nationally. Um, Shay, uh, with these guys, um, you know, you could consider LSU is building an NFL quality franchise of sorts with the talent uh, that they have um, on on campus and and certainly uh, building in the class of 2025. So maybe they should reach out to our friend Andy Ludicky. Oh, I didn't even know you were teeing me up. Are you teeing me up? Yeah, franchise talk. Let's let's hear it. Oh, well, we didn't do a good job of uh, of breaking that out before. I didn't even have my full lottery. I've done this one enough that I can probably just rock it. I don't know the numbers, so I'm going to have to bring it up. But it, it, we begin with, are you ready to leave the uh, rat race yes. uh, for the American dream is what it really starts with. Uh, we've been rocking with Andy for, what, well over a year, Billy, um, yeah. and are about to to re-up. So fans of the board, too, uh, will get more of my perfect franchise-sponsored uh, content and right now with the number one class, it's actually always good news, Billy. It's never bad news, uh, and that's what Andy's here for. Here's the good. 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 Uh, we lost Shay on the ad read for just a second, so while he gets wired back up, I'll oh, wait. Uh, take. This Did I go out there? Yeah, the mic just uh, popped off there. Look, there's been too many good news, too much good news on the LSU recruiting front, um, so we had to kind of have our our mic. Uh, you know, cut out there. Maybe it was me, but look, Andy Ludicky and his team with MyPerfectFranchise.net can help you find those franchises that work for you. Um, whether you're trying to supplement your income, find franchises that create an entire um, new sense of wealth for you. He can guide you through this process because he's been there himself. He's worked uh, with the dumpster company, Big Red, to try and build that into a franchise that he can make money off of and find another level of wealth for himself. And it is, it goes beyond just picking a company, right? You got to have people that can help you find franchises that fit your skill set, your financial requirements, your time to commit to that franchise, and all the reasons that, you know, people go into franchises that might be on their radar. Andy is a franchise consultant. His services are hundred percent free and he can help you if you have any questions about business ownership. So reach out to Andy Ludicky at myperfectfranchise.net. You can call him at 404-973-9901 or email him, Andy, A-N-D-Y, at myperfectfranchise.net. So appreciate Andy for always hooking it up for subscribers. Again, 100% free to reach out to him and his team at myperfectfranchise.net. There you go, Billy. See, you can do it. Yeah. Um, you got this. Uh, hey, I, we we need to break this up, too. Uh, for anyone who is watching on YouTube, you may see that shiny gold jacket in the background uh, there. That is uh, not a Hall of Fame jacket. That is an Amazon purchase for my Mardi Gras decor. So I've got my days picked out, Billy. And I, you're always flashing the hockey jerseys. Billy's also a big hockey fan. Anyone who listens to the Potter is a member of the Bengal Tiger knows that. I've now ordered, I now am the owner of two hockey jerseys, Billy, that I'll be wearing for Mardi Gras. So let's play the guessing game here. First off, what hockey jersey do you think I ordered? I've got two. Did Just you order the new Baton Rouge team? No. Or are these no. NHL? These are NHL. Uh, no, in a way, you're not going to guess it. This is, uh, they Mighty were, uh, it, it is a Mighty Ducks jersey, indeed. Yeah. Are you wearing Conway's number or your Banks? Uh, that was going to be the question, too, but you may have seen the number. What? 
player did I order? I'm going to say you ordered Banks because of your buddy Conway. And then Conway, yep, yep, shout out to Conway. Um, yep, there you go. In the Banks jersey. Now, to remix it, though, did you expect this, Billy? The I alternate. I honestly, I, Shay, I honestly did. When I knew I got one Mighty Ducks right, I was like, I bet you he ordered both. One is Mardi okay. Gras colored, and then the other you can ride with. Also, Banks. I love it. He was just my favorite character. I don't. I liked the uh, the cake eater. Uh, actually, I was a fan. Yeah. Okay. You were a fan of, of the cake eater. Yeah. Uh, everyone likes yeah. Conway the most, and then Goldberg probably. So no, I I always thought Banks was the one who didn't get any love. Yeah. He, he was and, the he was the kid from the other side of the tracks. Yeah. And Charlie Charlie Conway got way too much love. I mean, really. Yeah. I mean, he. You know, just come on. Um. I was more of a Fulton guy, the big slap oh. shot in there, breaking glass and all of that. So, but yeah, so now I'm 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 just like you, Billy. I own hockey jerseys now. I can't wait for Emily's uh, reaction when you put them up around the house. So they're only thirty dollars. That it was insane to me. They're what very nice. Country stitching. did you order them from? I don't know. They came off Amazon, and it was Prime, so it got here in no time. Wow, love that. Um, we'll bring them as a sponsor. Um, yeah, there you go, Shay. Uh, you're going to be wearing number 99, but that is far from where LSU is in the recruiting class rankings. They're number one in the country in 2025, number three in the class of 2024 right now. What is next for this class of 2025? Because it is star-studded. It is filled with offensive firepower. And now we're getting to the point where we're starting to see LSU with this new defensive staff prioritize some high-end talent on the defensive side of the ball which we'll talk about, but they are also trending in the right direction for a prospect that I've got an on three RPM pick in for, I think you do, um, maybe not, but James Simon, the four-star running back at Calvary Baptist. Devin Harper's teammate, new teammate. Yep. New teammate. Um, this is a guy who, for as long as, and yes, the number one running back in America is committed to LSU and Harlem Berry. James Simon is not far off from that. Uh, he's ranked as a top 10 running back. He's a high four star. And from the start, Frank Wilson has prioritized these two guys as the two guys he's going after at running back. It almost reminds me the approach, Billy, in a way, is how Frank Wilson did things with Caden Durham. There weren't other running back offers going out. It became very clear, even publicly, you are the guy we're going after. And despite Harlem being ranked one and Simon being ranked as a top seven or eight running back, the effort was put in the exact same. And I think a lot of people view, view this as kind of like a thunder and lightning duo, right? Of They're not the same. They are completely different builds and they have completely different running styles. There's what I've look, if you had two Harlem Berries or two James Simons, you would take them both. I think they just complement each other really well. And that's pitch of, Hey, this is the one, two punch we need one a and one B really is resonated with a guy like James Simon, who you mentioned Devin Harper. James Simon also has Georgia, A&M, who you name the team, they've tried to get in the mix with James Simon. So I think a lot of -of out-of-state schools have seen, oh, well, if LSU got Harlan Berry, maybe they won't be able to also get Simon. We can get in there and try to nab a guy to Louisiana. I'm in agreement with you. I don't have my pick in yet. I'm not far from just putting it in, but I think that they get this one across the finish line. And really, Billy, it probably goes back to what we talked about at the beginning. They've got seven of the eight top players in Louisiana committed. He's the other one that's not committed. I'm not saying it's pressure, but it's almost a comfort level of knowing, look, if I commit to LSU, it's not just LSU. It's 
coming in with the number one class surrounded by all the best players in Louisiana. Yeah, and if you're watching on YouTube, uh, this is against Westgate, actually. And uh, Jabori Antoine, I think, at some point went out with injury, but he was playing a little bit of defensive back, uh, playing safety. But James Simon had a broken wrist or something like that playing in this game and still stacked up about 175 yards and a couple quality touchdown runs. And, I mean, there's a world where James Simon ends up being kind of like what happened with Ty Davis-Price and John Emery. Ty Davis-Price ends up being the guy you know, playing the NFL and – um, more productive back, I think, for the most part throughout his career. Um, but both are very, very good and would cement the future of that running back room at an extremely high level. Um, I'm very high on James Simon. I think he's got a really good head on his shoulders as well. And um, I think Frank Wilson, Sherman Wilson, who's known him for, for years now as well, uh, have done a really nice job of this recruitment. And um, it wouldn't shock me at all if, if he was next. I do think He's going to maybe take more visits and and let things play out. He's headed to Texas A&M this weekend, and then he'll uh, head to LSU in in March and catch spring practice. So um, they're sitting in a good spot here, and it makes a lot of sense for him to eventually end up a Tiger. It's uh, another huge piece, and look, would only strengthen the number one class. What are you most impressed by of these sort of early bullet points on what is the number one class for 2025? I'll give you four options. That they have Bryce Underwood committed, that they have three five-stars committed who are all ranked number one at their position, a quarterback, running back, receiver, that they have seven of the eight players in Louisiana, top players already committed, or that nine of the 10 commits are top 250 prospects. All of those individually would be elite. They've got all of them. Which one are you most surprised by at this point? Man, most surprised? I, I, I guess probably that, that Bryce Underwood actually, actually did it. That was and my I, answer too. Yeah. I, and it, we talked about it throughout. I mean, people were probably tired of hearing it. They're like, okay, they're going on about this again, but to go up to Michigan, in Michigan territory after they just won a national champ or just before they won a national championship to get Bryce Underwood to actually say, all right, I am going to come down to the FCC. I'm going to come down to Louisiana and commit to LSU as the number one overall prospect in the country and beat out the other teams that they did too, not only just Michigan. That is so impressive. You know, DeCorian Moore, he's a guy that very much liked LSU. They did a really nice job recruiting him. And he made multiple visits. I mean, the Bryce Underwood thing kind of like picked up a lot of steam over the course of the spring into the summer. And then, of course, the fall, he kind of almost put recruiting on hold because he, for the most part, kind of knew where he was going to go in the end. Um, I, I just am so impressed that they got Bryce Underwood. And, and, you know, that doesn't mean they didn't beat out to Shard Choice, who recruits really well for Harlem Berry. And that's not impressive. Or, you know, DeCorian Moore for, for Texas, where... He's got a lot of family in Austin, but I just think going all the way up there to, to Michigan is so impressive. And as far as the guys in like the top 250, the nine of the 10, I think it is, rankings will change. Those prospects, those nine especially, are still very, very good though. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And it's all of it's been impressive, but I think it's been so impressive that we almost forget, oh, like if you just had an Underwood in your class. He's what Charles Power, our national director of scouting and rankings, called generational, a franchise player. Like that's the type of guy that can change. We saw it with with um, 
Jaden Daniels this past year uh, with Joe Burrow. Like when you've got an elite quarterback, it changes everything for you. Then you're tossing in all these other elite, very high end prospects and locking down Louisiana. It's it's probably one of the best, certainly one of the best runs we've seen, Billy, in our time covering this team, this program. Yeah, I mean the the recruiting. I mean, is I, you've been at it longer than I have, but it's it's got to be right. It's got to be the best run, like the the start to twenty twenty five, the finish to twenty twenty four. You couple that together, if they can hang on to all these guys for twenty twenty five, is that not like it's got to be like the best best class? Yeah. No, yeah. it, I think it yeah. will go down rankings-wise as the best class, not just being number one, but overall like the average of the commits and the points. I think it'll be the highest they've had in the modern recruiting area, era, which is more than 20-something years now. Uh, before we move on quickly to the next thing, Billy, I'll uh, give us another fun uh, breather here. You said LSU's not the 99th class. They're number one. Uh, for 24, do you know who is number 99? They're in Texas. It's not SMU. Um, poor Matty B. No, don't do that to him. Don't do that to him. It was a setup to see if you would do that to him. And you did. No, it was UTSA. Okay. That was my other guess. That was my other guess. You try to throw Matty B under the bus and you failed. Well, it was UTSA. He's, you know what? He has to look up at that last scoreboard between SMU and UNT for a long time. That was tough. When he goes Um, and cuts his podcast, he's not going to be happy to hear this. (laughs) Uh, what are we talking about now? I know we've got some five-star talk, right? Terry Bussey in a minute. But, yeah, Shay, the, uh, we talked about how this class could be historic, and this is one of those guys that could certainly make it push even farther up the list of, of potential historic classes um, out there for LSU. But DJ Pickett, the number one safety in the country, a top 10 prospect, um, both for on three and the on three industry ranking, was on campus for a visit. He arrived Tuesday night. He left this morning before we recorded this podcast and talking with people around the recruitment. This is a guy that I would be very surprised if he ended up at Florida. I think he's going to go out of state to some program, but LSU is now squarely in the mix for this elite prospect who LSU is recruiting at cornerback. Uh, Yes. 6'3", 170. His arms touch his knees, basically. I mean, that is Track speed, that's the kind of guy that Corey Raymond has always loved and coveted at corner. So we're seeing early on dividends being paid here. No, he's not committed, but they're getting guys to campus. They're getting into the mix with a lot of these high-ranked corners, as you see, is the number one safety in the country, top 10 player. But again, LSU recruiting him at corner, that's not out of the norm. Some other schools are as well. But he's done it on offense. He's proved it on defense. This is about as elite of a player as it gets. And when you want to know about how are they building this class, go back to Keelan Moses again and think of it in this term too. This is the benefit of Keelan Moses. You're your ringleader here, the four-star linebacker. They've got a lot of Louisiana kids committed. Only one right now goes to school on LSU's campus at U High. So he's also happens to be Keelan Moses, the guy you kind of have in charge of, by default, he's put himself in charge of sort of being the ringleader of the group. Anytime a guy like DJ Pickett comes through, Keelan gets out of school at three or whatever and says, all right, I'll pop over there and hang out with him. And then we saw yesterday Keelan Moses tweeting out pics of being on DJ Pickett's photo shoot. So uh, I think even on Twitter, he said something like, Keelan, I I, I guess we could go to it and find it, but he was 
Uh, it was basically like, this isn't a game. I care so much about LSU and I'm trying to build on this brotherhood. So hanging out with like, if you're watching again, you can see it right there. Hanging out with Pickett. You also see how big Pickett is tall wise. He is a legit 6'3 because Keelan is not a short dude. Uh, and that's a safety stacking up next to him corner. But the benefit of having Keelan around allows them to always put someone on a visit. Like when you get a guy like Pickett, who's from Florida, comes in for a couple of days and it's not a big recruiting weekend. It's more of just a midweek thing. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think Pickett is just how you draw him up, like you said. And if you could pair him and Antoine together, I mean, you're you're in good shape. Uh, they do have Jalen Bell committed in the class of 2025. He's on the smaller side, probably more of a nickel. Um, but these are the guys that, you know, Corey Raymond, this is how he wants them uh, to look uh, without a doubt. And so I think LSU made a statement with this visit. He's off to Oregon today. He's a very mature kid from what we've gathered. Um, but the one tidbit that I picked up and forgot about, I guess, which is funny because DJ Pickett started his high school career or his middle school or whatever at my high school, Carrollwood Day School in Tampa, which Marshall McDuffie, the head coach there, is really close with Cortez Hankton, Corey Raymond, Blake Baker. The first offer that DJ Pickett got as an eighth grader was from LSU, Blake Baker and Corey Raymond. So uh, those connections still certainly there. Uh, and now they'll just continue to turn up the heat. They're battling Georgia, Michigan, um, uh, Oregon, uh, like we said, is is uh, school he's visiting. The in-state schools will continue to push, as you'd expect. But this is a, a guy, he visited Clemson earlier this month. It's a guy that I, I think ends up going out of the state of Florida. And if LSU can reel him in, uh, just another huge recruiting win, potentially. Oh, I mean, massive. And just now, um, Deshaun McBride and Joel Rogers are tweeting out photos of them hanging out with DJ Pickett on the photo shoot. So uh, sort of a red carpet treatment for a kid who's a junior and making a midweek visit. It's exactly what you want to see. Speaking of red carpet, Shay, uh, Terry Bussey was back on campus. The big time five star plus athlete out of Timpson High. Um, one of the best high school players in the country the last two seasons, just in terms of production, in terms of everything he put on tape. Um, he was back on campus. LSU is pretty much battling AM. I know Georgia hosted him last weekend, but I get the sense from talking with Terry last night after the visit that it is LSU AM. He's got good relationships with you know the the staff at LSU with Frank Wilson and Sherman Wilson. He's building them more with Corey Raymond and Blake Baker. He's got good relationships with Georgia with Travaris Robinson, who's now over there. Um, and AM, he's got some familiarity with the staff. This is going to come down to if he goes to AM and he feels comfortable with that new staff from Mike Elko, if he still feels the same comfort level over there, I, I think the Aggies probably win out. But if he goes there and he just doesn't like the vibe, this this could go LSU's way and it would be. Um, a guy that could play right away in the secondary for Corey Raymond. We've talked about Bussy for a long time. Let's just get down to the nitty gritty here. What are we feeling? Because I think you can set the stage, Billy, in a couple of ways here, but LSU did flip four A&M commitments this cycle. They flipped Cohen Eccles on the O-line. They flipped Weston Davis on the O-line, then two Louisiana guys, Dominic McKinley at DT, and then Gabriel Elford at D-end. What is 
I think we've all, all and you can, I'll let you speak for yourself. I've always thought Bussy fit into a different category because even over the summer months before with the injury, he didn't make a bunch of visits, but everyone was like, oh, he's going to end up at A&M. There were graphics ready, all that kind of stuff. He said, well, let me at least make some visits. And he went to BAM and LSU. Then he commits to A&M. A&M has all the coaching changes. He doesn't sign. You get it. But he never decommitted from A&M. And the buzz coming out of College Station is that Mike Elko and that staff feel good about keeping him. Still, he made other visits. He went to Georgia because Traveris Robinson recruited him at Bama, ended up at Georgia. So he eliminates Bama, goes to Georgia, and there's no buzz coming out of Athens that it's going to be them. He gives LSU a midweek visit today. But then this weekend, he's going to be, be on an official visit to AM. He gets to have two official visits to AM because Jimbo got fired when he made his first one. Now he gets one with the new staff. And being from where he's from, Timson, there's people around him that are kind of have some AM influence. It's, I just, when I look, step back and really look at it, I just keep going back to we always thought he was going to end up at AM. If he's spending the final weekend before signing day there, They'd have to really fumble the bag here, and I don't even mean money-wise, like fumble the ball, whatever, not to get this one across the finish line. I, I agree with you. Like one of those prospects that you sit here and say, okay, would be pleasantly surprised if LSU gets this across the finish line. They're in it. They're very much a factor here. Like if he doesn't go to AM, he goes to LSU. I think that's pretty clear, at least from what we're hearing and what what we think we know about this recruitment, but yeah, yeah I, I agree. I, I think he's, he's also a guy that is very, keeps his circle really close. He's been through a lot. He's lost his mom. He's lost one of his sisters. His dad's never been in the picture. Um, and there are, like you said, people that want him at A&M. And also he's close with Dalen Evans who signed with A&M. He went to the Polynesian bowl with Caden Durham. That's probably his best relationship with an LSU commit or signee and there are like you said multiple guys who were committed to AM at one point on either on campus or in this 2024 class so the opportunities were there like when Weston Davis flipped Xavier Atkins was tweeting out pictures of them two before the game and saying this is when it was done or whatever when when Summer Creek played uh Beaumont United but you know but Terry is just circles because he's been through so much his circle is a lot tighter and I, I do think that's maybe a piece too there that, I mean, he just might want to go to AM because that's kind of what he's known. And LSU, with the changes around the program, they're almost, it's one of those that it might just be a little bit too late, even though AM has gone through the changes too. Yeah. And I, I look, I, I think there was, this is not for lack of effort at all. If he doesn't end up at LSU, like they have been chasing Terry Bussey for a long time now. And did it, as you noted, through defensive staff changes and continued to push and push and push. We didn't hear that he silently committed or flipped to them on the visit. So now you're just hoping that when the dust settles from the A&M visit, that somehow LSU, you're out front. And again, they've got current commits, players on the team, everybody's sort of pushing for him. But at this point, the ball is in Bussy's court. And if he doesn't feel like he wants to back off the A&M commit, it's not a surprise. I, I think this is one where they got Dominic McKinley in the fold. He'll sign next Wednesday. With Bussy, you always knew you were sort of taking a swing for the fences. And if it worked, you're getting one of the elite DBs out there. If not, well, then he ends up going to the school that everybody thought 
I'll also mention this. And look, LSU may pull this off. We'll have another podcast before signing day and we'll update you. But I know there's no solace in finishing second, but there is a bit of advantage in finishing second in the portal era. And I'm not saying anything about Bussy specifically, but you'll see a lot of these kids who hit the portal, they end up going, many of them who have the option, to the team that they almost went to out of high school. And if LSU can continue to put themselves in the top group with these elite guys, if they ever do decide to hit the portal, you're picking up where you left off and you're in a good spot. So I don't mind that they chased him all the way until the end. I don't think it was a waste of resources or time or anything like that. Maybe they get him, but even if they don't, it's not the end of the world. And look, can recruit all these high-level kids to the end because of the portal era. Well, and Shay, I mean, how can anyone sit there and say with the LSU defensive back situation that pursuing elite talent at that position oh, of course all not. the way to the end is is a waste? Like a shoot your shot. You've got you've got to rebuild uh this defensive back room to an elite level. And um we saw them do that with getting DJ Pickett on campus. You had a lot of notes on um you know, LSU's targets in the secondary. And I dropped one last week too. This is a huge priority for the staff. It's just as big of a priority as the defensive line, which we'll drop some notes on uh, as well on the Bengal Tiger, which you you can subscribe for just a dollar for your first two months using code LSU one. That's LSU. The number one, go to the bengaltiger.com and join us on the message board. It's popping every day, but to build off of all of this, they continue to prioritize the secondary. And one quick note before we go, um, or a tidbit, however you want to look at it. Uh, Gregory Thomas, one of my favorite prospects I saw this fall, is going to be on campus this weekend for an unofficial visit. And you see LSU's battling Florida State, Pat Sertain Sr. up there uh, recruiting him for the Seminoles. But this is another guy that checks his boxes for Corey Raymond. It's a high school he's very familiar with at American Heritage. And he has just got He's got that Pat Sertain style of body when I actually went out there to see him um, this fall when they played Colin Hurley. Um, he looked, and I think he was even wearing Pat's uh, old number there for Heritage. And I thought, wow, that, that's just kind of the spinning image of of him um, just a few years uh, later uh, for American Heritage. So he'll be on campus for an, an unofficial visit. Getting him in before the dead period is a big deal as well for Corey Raymond. Yeah, and we'll see. They're gonna they're trying to get some other guys in here too as well this weekend. Not official visitors, but really working on the future in 2025. Uh, then Billy, it hits a dead period starting Monday that runs through March 3rd, so um, about a month where we won't be having any visitors come to campus. They can't go see anybody. So uh, check out the Bengal Tiger right now. It's only a dollar to join, but we've got scoop up on where Brian Kelly's been this week, where a lot of the staff members have been this week. And uh, we can assure you they are swinging for the fences when it comes to this 2025 class and building on what is already the number one overall class in the country. Yep. So exciting times. Join the Bengal Tiger today. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and wherever you catch our podcast at, it is the right time to get on the Bengal Tiger. So for Shay Dixon, I'm Billy Embody. Thanks for listening to this edition of the podcast. We will catch you guys next week with another edition of the Bengal Tiger Recruiting Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, 
It's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-427 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York. 